Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Life Treks podcast. I'm Mike, here with my wife, Rachel. Hey, everybody. So we apologize for the for our absence the last few weeks. Um, Life's been crazy. Yeah, we've got a lot going on, and we'll get into that, I think, in our next podcast. But we had a special request a couple weeks ago to talk about uh, visiting Iceland, since I've been there uh, twice, six weeks in total, and Rachel came to me. Uh, for a few days the second time. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah. So Iceland is, uh, first of all, I never in a million years thought that I would ever want to go to Iceland. Uh, Mike had talked about, like, oh, it's like on my bucket list, like I really want to go. Um, and I'm like, yeah, like that's crazy, it's cold, it's expensive, yeah. it's cold. Uh, but like Mike said, I had the opportunity to go with him. Um, Most people time. don't realize that. It was named opposite. So I don't know if you ever saw the movie Mighty Ducks 2, where they talk about how Iceland was named Iceland to deter people from going there, and Greenland, so cool. and Greenland to make people go there instead. Really, really it is flipped. Yeah. Greenland is very icy, has a continental glacier on it, and mm-hmm. Iceland is especially green on the coast, not so much in the center. The Vikings still are tricking everybody. Yeah, but, years later. but now it's kind of like the secret's out. So many people mm-hmm. are going to Iceland for tourism, and yeah. uh, that was something that we talked to. I know I talked to everybody, so uh, we talked to our tour guide that we went on a special tour about the tourists, and then the one day that I was left alone in Iceland, I sat at the public house and talked with the bartenders <laughs> for like two hours, um, and a lot about like the tourists and how they like it, so yeah. it's it's just special place and not everybody's hearing about it and yeah. um, like and I was saying I originally never thought I'd want to go but when the opportunity presented itself and I went it's such a special and amazing mm-hmm. place and the tourism is growing exponentially I mean it was a million people I think visited Iceland as tourists in 2015 that was the first year I went and in 2016 it had jumped by about 30 percent so it has 1.3 million people visit. And how many people live in the country? Like 350,000 people? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Like 10% of the population was at uh, one of their, uh, one of the Euro Cup games. Oh, yeah. A few years ago. Like 30,000 Icelanders were like at the game. 10% of the population was yeah. amazing. <laughs> and we, uh, we both went together right after that uh, tournament. Yeah. That was really neat, too. Again, when I was talking to locals. Mm-hmm. Um, Go twice, and I was kind of sold. So yeah. I'll, 
it was really a no-brainer. And it was at the University of Iowa, and I was living and teaching in Davenport at the time, and Mike had just moved in with me, and it just all worked out perfectly. And then Mike got to yeah. check off one of his bucket list locations, mm-hmm. which was really cool for him. Yeah. And so for anyone who cares, the research ended up being about a, a sand sheet there and comparing the chemistry and morphology to uh, that of a formation on Mars, specifically the Simpson formation, if anyone really cares. Yawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's boring. No, but it's not boring for you, dear. Not for me, <laughs> but for most people it is boring. But the most interesting thing is it's not that nice white or yellow beach sand that people see all the time. It's black sand. Oh, so Which is, is cool. It is cool. So we're kind of jumping all over the place, but a couple weeks ago, oh. geologist Mike came to uh, the preschool that is um, that I work with with my high school students, and he, you know, talked to them about geology and rocks, and he had his black sand, and he let them yeah. cut it in a bowl, and it, it was his Hysterical. So it's very special fans to Mike. They were just like, yeah. They were like, hitting some of my precious rocks against the table. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> lucky they didn't, they didn't, you know, like throw them or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so kind of like getting back to it. So um, the summer of 2015, we got married July 10th. Uh, right before our wedding, we moved into, um, we moved. Townhouse. Yeah, a townhouse, and we moved. Then we got married. It was like two weeks after we Oh, got and your car done. broke down. Oh, June, yeah. So we had to buy a new car. Yeah. It's <laughs> just how things happen, right? When I know. Let's talk about life track. When it rains, it pours. Yeah, a guy who's buying a new car. Um, <laughs> but so we got married, and we did like a mini moon type thing up in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which is amazing. And then like we came back, and we just got Mike ready to go to Iceland. So it was really yeah. quick. Like was, two weeks after we got married? Was, yeah, something like that. We can have for two weeks. Yeah, so we thought married life sucks and left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so talk about your first time going. Well, I was really lucky in that I got to go before classes started. A mm-hmm. lot of people who, who do a master's, they really only have one field season, and that's the summer Indeed. in between the two years. Or, you know, maybe they go in the middle of the semester, um, even Christmas break if if it's warm enough where they're going and doing their research. And so I was I was just really lucky I got to go twice and collect two uh, two years of samples, which is great for the actual research, but then just being able to go and spend time in Reykjavik, um, spent a couple of days in Akureyri, which is uh, the biggest northern city that's on the coast. and um, to see all these wonderful places twice was fantastic. So the where I was was in the highlands. Let's and, kind of talk about okay. like how like you had to prep and pack and like okay, you yeah, were yeah. camping right. and all of that stuff. So Yeah, so it's it's rainy there and the weather changes rapidly. So it can it can get from thirty five and raining to sixty and sunny in five minutes. There's a bunch of T shirts uh, that they sell in Reykjavik that says, if you don't like the weather in Iceland, wait five minutes. Yeah. And so it was exactly like that almost the entire time, even in the highlands. So packing, uh, the first year I, I packed probably a little bit too many clothes and, you know, it, you just want to be prepared. 
especially growing up as a, a Boy Scout. I was just tomatoes, be prepared. <laughs> And well, you didn't camp the whole time. You got a hostel in Reykjavik, mm-hmm. like when you first got there, when you, when you left. And right. then you were out doing your field course, you were camping. Right. And we didn't, we weren't backpacking. So that's mm-hmm. something to, to keep in mind. We were just camping in the same spot every night and doing our research in that area. So I didn't have to bring my, my big hiking, backpacking backpack. And... No, that, that, that was nice. really cool. Like well, huge duffel bags. Waterproof. Yeah. Yeah. They and had to be waterproof. You could have kept a body in them. They were <laughs> huge. <laughs> she just wanted to get put in there and come wet. Yeah. First year. I was like, well, first of all, we just got married and you're leaving, so it's kind bye. of like weird. Like, bye, bye. Go do research. <laughs> <laughs> they paid me a little bit. <laughs> Whatever. I just stay in Iowa. Yeah, yeah. So that first time we spent, well, back to packing. It was a lot of rain gear, a lot of layers you want to make sure you have, uh, especially if you're going to be camping, um, that you have under layers, long, uh, long underwear to keep you warm, especially at night, and warm socks, loose socks for nighttime so you can get your blood flowing. Um, you just want to stay dry. Yeah. Once you get wet yeah. and it's over. And it, that kind of depends on the type of gear you have, and we can talk about that a little bit more um, for the second year. Because the first year, all my rain gear was great. Uh, it wasn't new, but it was it still functioned the way it was supposed to. <laughs> and same with my boots and everything. So I was pretty dry the first year, and we were. It really didn't rain all that much on. And when it did rain, it's kind of like here in the PNW where it's the more mist. of a mist. It doesn't really rain that heavy. Yeah, it's not like the Midwest where it's like the heavens open and then it just like like pours down on you for yeah, an hour and a half. So, and, and then like the sun comes out and it's like a hundred percent humidity. Ugh. It's disgusting and you can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Feels so bad for you guys back there. <laughs> <laughs> um. So once, um, so when we left, we had to fly. Uh, it was kind of crazy on the way there. We flew from Iowa City, or sorry, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, to Atlanta, I believe, and then I think it was Atlanta to JFK, and JFK to ICE. So the agent, the travel agent, was through the university, and she booked the cheapest flights possible. And so that was that first day traveling was terrible. But we had two. Days to recover in Reykjavik, which was really nice, and I got to, you know, we got to walk around a little bit and see the city. And we had a pretty clear couple days there, which was nice. Um, but there's the main drag where there's all the shops and the opera house was really pretty. Um, and it was amazing that Mike had this experience by himself because when I went with him, like we knew what to do and where to go. Right. And it was like it was just. Well, unfortunately, I didn't have any time to book any any tours or anything like that. So the first day was kind of recovery. The second day was walking around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we had a flight. It's only 45 minutes up to Akureyri. By then, it was it was rainy and uh, it was dreary when we got to Akureyri. But we stayed in a hostel there that night. And then the next day, we met up with our guide and Ooh, we hit it. From what Mike... 
um, has told me about this individual. He's like Mike's role model. He seems to be, he's, he's like Dutch, it, right? Oh, uh, he's Danish. Danish. Yeah. And Don't get the two confused. I know, I know. Well, they're both new. But yeah, he seems to be like a really cool person. Like, that's what he does for his job. He just does field work. Yeah, he no longer works in Iceland, but uh, he works in the Faroe Islands, as far as I know. Could, could have changed. Morton, if you're listening, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he takes researchers out, and he got to work on the eruption that was in my field area the year before. So he knows so much about Iceland geology, and he ended up being on my committee. So he, he took us out, drove us out there, and I was just in awe driving to the highlands through the fjords and past all these rushing rivers. It was unlike anywhere I've ever seen. And it's this yellowish, greenish grass and moss that just covers the, the coastline. And then as you get further and further inland and higher in elevation, it just turns to barren brown, black, and gray rocks, sand, there's very little vegetation, very little wildlife. There's some birds up there, but <laughs> they're super tiny, and you don't see them very often. Mm -hmm. so it was just a really cool place. So specifically where we camped was uh, at Drecki, which is the campsite near Oskia, and that's a volcano in the central highlands. It's got a huge caldera and a, uh, a hot spring up there. VT is this little crater, smells like sulfur, it's kind of warm. Sulfur smells like rock ice. Yes. It's kind of <laughs> warm, like 65, 70 degrees if you consider that warm. But, uh, so yeah, it was a, a super cool place, a lot of cool geology around there as well. That's kind of where the hotspot is located for Iceland too. And a hotspot, for those who don't know, is... Hawaii? Uh, like, like Hawaii, yeah. yeah. Like so, the, where, like, the world just opens up and, like, magma well, bubbles out. That can happen in other places, too. It's not just what? at hotspots. Like, oh. it can happen in subduction zones, too, where we are. Where, like, the PNW and, or the Cascade. Those are subduction zone volcanoes. Oh. And so Hawaii is in the middle of a, con of an oceanic place. Yeah, like Iceland. Well, Iceland's actually really unique because it's at the divider of two places. Oh, it's pulling apart, right? Right. But there's also a hot spot there. Whereas Hawaii is just a hot spot. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, It's Iceland super weird. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And so the hot spot there is kind of in the Central Highlands location. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And there's glaciers. There's a brand new lava flow as of 2015, 2014-2015. Uh, so it covered a good chunk of my research area before I even went, and it totally covered this uh, this river. And so while we were there, it was the first time that the national park let visitors come and yeah. see the new yeah. yeah see the the new lava flow and because it was it was still hot underneath, this is six months later, and the, the lava flow is still hot at the bottom. And it covered this river, and the river is coming out underneath, from underneath, 
at like 98 degrees. And so there's a hot, I guess you'd call it a hot spring, kind of, more like a hot river, coming out of this lava flow, and I got to go in it and bathe in it that week. And I was one of the first people to do that. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> what, the yeah. bathing or just like the experience? I'm just just the experience. I know. Just the bathing. You know, all the white beach, all the girls in bikinis. Oh, God. Well, like, <laughs> it's a black beach. He was like, I didn't kid. shower, like, for a week and a half. Well, yeah, so bathing in that was great. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay for showers yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when Mike came home, so I don't know, do you want to, like, talk more about your field work, or should we? No, no. Um, so, yeah, then, you know, we did the field work, collected all our samples, took the measurements we wanted to, and. Uh, drove back to Ocrary, stayed there a night, flew back to Reykjavik for two nights, and I got to explore a little bit more. Uh, I walked outside of the main touristy zone, and we apologize for the screaming kids. It's um, just our neighbors having fun. There's a playground right outside our our balcony. So, But I got to explore the uh, outside the touristy parts a little bit. I just kind of took a whole day and walked around Reykjavik. And yeah. so that was really cool, just going in and out of the neighborhoods. And uh, there's a there's a, kind of an observatory where you can climb up and you can see the whole city. I took you there. Yeah. And so you, you can see the whole city from up there, and that was really neat, too. So when Mike got home, I had a lot of questions <laughs> about Iceland. And, like, I still will, like, ask him. I think he's, like, an expert. He's been there twice. But um, just about, like, the people and the mannerisms and the language, like, if anybody's heard someone speak Icelandic, which you probably haven't unless you've looked it up or you've been to Iceland, it's like nobody else in the world speaks it. So it's, it's really yeah. interesting to listen. I could be wrong, but I would I would say it's a mix of Swedish and Danish. Does it sound kind of like mad when they speak? Kind of like I German. I wouldn't say mad. It's Almost got the sing-songiness of Swedish, yeah. but the roughness of Danish and yeah. German. But the the Danes don't pronounce, like, they don't enunciate. <laughs> and apparently, you really have to enunciate in Icelandic to, I guess, get your point across. And so people <laughs> actually understand what you're saying. Oh, got it. Whereas the Danes just talk in the back of their throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, when Mike came back, like, he had these amazing photos that we looked through and just sharing his experience and then um the next year when he was planning his trip like I was like I really want to go and um we were able to schedule everything so we could have but we had like four days in right yeah like three and a half or four yeah um which was really cool so it was right after our first uh wedding anniversary so it's kind of like a uh one year wedding trip yeah and um, so the kicker was this time I was going for a month. The previous yeah. time it was two weeks. Yeah, so it was a lot longer, and I, you know, it's kind of like, oh, it's like such a long time. But you had other assignments to do than just your field work. So you were right. going there for something else, too. Yeah, so I, I secured a travel grant through the university, one of the organizations in the university, where I had to be there for an entire month. And you couldn't, in order to satisfy the requirements of the grant, you had to be there the whole time. So, uh, with your wife. <laughs> uh, so, 
we got to schedule where the first four days you came with. Yeah. And I kind of had a better idea of what to do. We spent some time in Reykjavik. Which but was then really fun. We also did a pretty awesome tour. Yeah, so um, they have all these amazing like tours like set up and you can go to all these cool places like the Golden Circle. Um, it's a hot one, but we decided to do the southern coast because Mike's never been. Um, so we just scheduled that through our hostel and um, that was the first time that I've ever uh, stayed in a hostel, which was pretty neat. We got a private hostel, so it wasn't like a like bunk beds of random people. It was just like a hotel room just on a smaller scale. Um, but we did the southern coast, and we saw some really cool um, waterfalls and a black sand beach. Skaga Falls is uh, one of the biggest waterfalls in Europe. I think our guide said that it has the largest discharge, so like the largest amount of water per per area, basically, yeah. coming out of it. Yeah. And there's apparently a treasure that's behind the waterfall, <laughs> and uh, because some crazy Viking like threw his, his treasure, his booty, in there when he was trying to escape some people. Do you remember the story? It was, I don't, know, I don't remember that one. Yeah, but that waterfall, like, we just ran up to it with our guide, actually, just got soaked with the water. Yeah. It was so well, cool. So we get out of the bus, and he, you know, we're, we're taking a couple pictures, and I think he made sure everyone got off the bus. Uh, and we're taking a couple pictures of each other and a couple selfies with the waterfall. And he just charges up, like, <laughs> briskly, really briskly, walks up to the waterfall as close as he could get, and it's spraying everywhere because of the power of this thing. And he's got his rain gear on, he throws his hood off, opens his arms up <laughs> wide, and just lets the spray hit him. And so we oh, looked at because, each other. Because the waterfall is supposed to keep you young. Right. That's what he told us. And so he said, we're like, heck he yeah, said, I want to do it. <laughs> his, his joke was, look at me. I only look 52. I'm 53. <laughs> But yeah, so Mike and I saw him do that, and we're like, heck yeah, we want to do that too. So yeah. we just, like, ran up so there. So we did the same thing. It was really fun. It was yeah. very refreshing. Oh, it was really, really And good. I felt that you were younger after Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so that was really special, and then we did a day where we just like, walked around. But, oh gosh, the things that I remember most about our time in Iceland together, because I had a different experience than Mike did, because I wasn't there for field work, I didn't camp, um, it wasn't for too long, but... One, the people, everybody that I saw was beautiful. Like, these people are beautiful people. and Tall, light, light browner, blonde hair. and Yeah, like, super yeah. tall. I mean, they're, like, they're Vikings. Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to, like, mess you up. It's yeah. <laughs> all really nice. Uh, but God, they were all just so beautiful. And um, it was the food. We got to try some really special food. Uh, we went to a couple restaurants, and one of the most memorable things that I remember having was whale, uh, which was cool. It's not like That's any a, endangered whale. It's a minky whale. Yeah. And, uh, Iceland and Norway, I think they're only allowed to hunt so many per year. So yeah. It's not it's not in danger. They have so a cow. PETA don't come after us. Like we're not like bad people because I tried whale, but it was, it was really cool. good though. Yeah, it was like a it was like a play. Um, and yeah. uh, what's that bird? A 
puffin. A puffin. I yeah. ate puffin. Sorry, cured puffin. There's also millions and millions of puffins, so don't feel bad about that one. Yeah. There's a lot of puffins. Um, very good food. And we drank more beer than wine because wine was more expensive because a lot of things yeah. like vegetables have to be imported mm-hmm. uh, because it's an island. So we but had, they had some good beer. Gull yeah. is a brand. And when you hear you say Gull,
Ah, you're funny. <laughs> um, so I did that and some shopping. Um, and then I went to, like I said, the public house, which yeah. Mike and I went to ourselves. And I was like kind of reading some stuff about Iceland and I had some questions. So I was talking to the bartender. And then we just were chatting it up, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just it was neat to kind of be there by myself and like walk around. And it's a super safe city. I mean, it's. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't a problem. But um, yeah, it was cool to be in a foreign country, in a foreign city, like mm-hmm. by myself. I've never experienced that. Yeah. That was pretty neat. Right. I mean, speaking of safety, we went on that tour, and I saw, we saw on the sign, uh, they only had eight, uh, eight deaths that year from car crashes. Yeah. Eight. There's 330,000 people or something like that, but they still had um, 1.3 million tourists, and still only eight people died in a car crash. I think that was amazing. Yeah. It was like one road. True. But, I mean, with so many dumb tourists coming in, you never know what they're going to do. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I thought that was kind of remarkable, speaking of safety. Yeah. So, but yeah, then after, after you left, uh, or I guess I left you and went up to Acre area, I took the plane, the small plane up there, and instead of going straight to my research area, I actually went with uh, my field guide. Sorry, we're making dinner. Uh, it's shepherd's pie. It's going to be really good. We'll post a picture of it. And so I I was meeting up with my field guide and some of his colleagues from the UK uh, to help them with some of their research. And so there's a valley. I hope I'm saying it right. Say it with confidence. Yeah. Blake me dollar. Blake me Where... Where they were doing their research, and it's uh, it's the valley right next to the one that Akureyri is located in, but you have to drive south and up into the highlands, and then kind of turn around a little bit and go north into the valley from there, because there's no road coming in from the north. And so, I can't remember how long it took us to get there, seven or eight hours, when it's only like... It was only something like 150 miles, maybe. It might have even been less than that. I'd have to look it up. Mm. But it it was not that far, and it took so long because you're going over jagged rocks, and you have to make so sure you don't get a flat tire, and then you're going downhill and uphill, and you go across sand, and there's not really a road. Like, it, it's marked, but it's not a road. And so, mind you, we were not in contact. For like what was it two weeks? We did it was about it was probably like eight or nine days, and almost two weeks. Yeah, so I'm like in Reykjavik by myself, and like flying like back to the states by myself, yeah. and like poor Mike had like no means of communication. And I mean, I, I figured she got back okay, but there's I had no idea to know that she did because we got to Ocker and we pretty much uh, Morton and I got lunch, caught up. And then you left your cell phone charger. I did? Yeah, oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, right. don't be mad. Like, my phone might die. I, I, well, I forgot it at the at the bookstore. That was after we already got back to Ocker That's right. That was, that was <laughs> that unique. Yeah. But I had already contacted you at that point. So it was okay. True. It was okay. Yeah, I was taking a class. 
But, um, but yeah, like, if I, I don't know, Mike came home and he, like, told me all these stories from, like, going well, on this, like, worker's <laughs> site, like, almost falling off. Like, well, so it was a pretty, it was a pretty, this first valley we were in was pretty cool. So we were doing what's called a paleomag drilling project where you basically take a modified chainsaw and you take these little cores of rock out of the lava flows as, you know, they're, they're laid on top of each other. So you find a layer of lava and you take some samples and you go to the next one, do the same thing. And you're basically just walking up these steep slopes of the valley and collecting these samples. And sometimes it's kind of precarious where you're standing. You could easily slip and fall. And my job was, because I wasn't, any, I wasn't part of this project at all. I was just their, their water mule. So I would go to the nearest stream and fill up the water jugs when I needed to be filled up. Because you're drilling into rock, you need water to cool the drill and kind of lubricate the, the drill bits. But, but that was my job. And it was hard work. It rained all week in this valley. Well, like your and first time in Iceland was like pretty awesome. And it this was time pretty, like, Dang it. pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> but this was like, this was tough physical labor. And then one of the guys had brought a cold with him from the flight. And then the other one from the UK got sick. And then I got sick. And we were staying in this little like 10 by 14 foot hut. Luckily, there were four beds for the yeah. four of us. Morton didn't get sick, our field guide, because he's just a superhuman, <laughs> like a mountain goat going up and down those hills. He, he knows what he's doing for sure. Uh, he also had some awesome food. They were Scarpa's, Italian-made. Yeah, so, this is when you trashed your marrows. Oh, I, well, I didn't have a choice. I mean, we're going up and down these slopes yeah. with loose rock, and they, yeah, they just got all scratched up, and they were six, seven years old at that point. Yeah, we still have them in the back of the escape. I won't separate with I them. I don't want to throw them out. You love them. Even though I have my new teams that I love. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was the first seven or eight days in that location. Then we moved to another one that they had uh, worked on previously and collected some more samples, took some more measurements for them. And that is where, when we were going down, I went first and I kind of had my hand up against the valley wall just for a little bit of support and comfort and I you know you lean a little bit towards the wall so you don't fall down I have these water jugs on my back and my backpack food and stuff for the day and my hand caught on a rock which was supporting another very very big rock <laughs> which then it all started to tumble down and I had to sprint forward a few feet it's probably more than a few and my field guide was yelling at me, <laughs> but luckily no one's right behind me. So all that stuff fell down, and we looked at each other, and it was kind of like a moment of relief slash. I just shit myself. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yeah. And so then Martin was just like, "Don't do that again. <laughs> Let me go first. I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so oh, that that was a little scary, but. That was also a pretty cool day. And you dodged a huge windstorm when you were um, oh, that at was, the lava flow. So, yeah, let, let me get there. Okay. So we uh, – then we go back to Ocarary, 
and meet up with the rest of the people who were coming. So we had a few more people this time than the year before. The year before, it was just me, my advisor. Uh, we had a Finnish, she's Estonian, she lives in Finland, um, an Estonian uh, biologist who is studying the microbiology on the, the microorganisms on the new lava flow and our field guide. So it was just the four of us the first year. And the next year was the same four people plus one, two, three, four, five, uh, plus five more people, and then another one switched out. Like two of them switched out. One replaced another one midway. And so that was for the last two weeks I was there. So we spent more time, gathered more data or samples, and uh, it was also really cool. So part of my field area has this new lava flow on it, and we got the first year and this year we got to go up on the lava flow, which is very dangerous. Uh, you know, it can collapse very easily. You can see this with the new Hawaii flow, where you step in the wrong spot and it could be hollow underneath and collapse and you could really get hurt. So the National Park Rangers, they mark everything out, the path beforehand, and we get to go up. Both years we got to go up to the, the crater rim and look down into uh, where it was erupting at this fissure eruption. Uh, so that was really, really cool. And the day that we were down there, two of us, or a few of us took a little bit longer uh, at the crater while the other people went out and collected some of the biologists' uh, petri dishes that were laid out on the lava flow. And while we were down there, a windstorm came in and it hadn't really rained that morning. So we, we noticed it was getting windy and my field guide had called us and left me a message, several messages saying, you need to get back to camp now. There's a windstorm coming. That was a little bit nerve wracking. <laughs> and so we, we talked to him and apparently some of our tents were blowing around. Not we, my tent. Well, we didn't know, <laughs> we didn't know whose was blowing around. And so, you know, it was very, very windy. We couldn't see the sand is shifting because there's no real roads. It's, they're just stakes in the sand. And so it was very, very difficult. It also was flooding <laughs> because there's a glacier that melts, uh, especially in the afternoon once it warms up. So we got caught first in the floods trying to get back to the camp. And then the windstorm got really bad. Sand was blowing everywhere. Our driver was probably going a little bit too fast. Were and you driving? No, I was not driving. Okay. Uh, that and, but, I mean, he was just trying to get us back yeah. at the time so we didn't get caught out there. Because the roads, I mean, the roads were moving pretty much. Like, it's sand building up and you can't drive very well and lose sand. Yeah. So we get back to the campsite and I first thing I'm looking for is whether my tent is blowing around <laughs> all my stuff's in there, right? And I don't want to have a mess going on. And so I see that my tent is still standing. Like like the only one. <laughs> no, no, no. There are several still standing. Um, unfortunately, my advisors and my, my uh, undergrad assistant, his was blowing around and had ripped, actually, which it, it was a new tent. That mm -hmm. shouldn't have happened. But, uh, what brand so, did it? Because people not to buy it. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. Uh -huh. 
Oh, I, I, I don't even remember. You don't want to do that. <laughs> it was even three hundred dollars. Oh, bummer. So it kind of it stinks, but uh, so I would call the company. I think he did. I think Good. he got it replaced. Yeah. Good. So we get back to Camp Park, and the other crew was already there, and Martin was like, he's like, your tent is like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. And the the tent was actually Mike's dad's yeah. tent, and like a couple years old. They don't even make them anymore, they, right? Well, they make them, yeah. Oh. Uh, they just have updated versions, I'm sure. What, what kind of tent is it? It's a Eureka. Oh, and okay. I think it was a two person backpacking tent, but really it's one person comfortably. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mostly on top of each other. Right. And so, I mean, that's a great tent. And the problem with that area is there's a bunch of loose rock. It's not, you know, you can't really stake your tent down very well. You have mm. to, so that's where you put up, like, we get bigger rocks and make little uh, walls, like wind walls against uh, our tent and put them on top of the stakes so they don't really move around. But, so, yeah, that was, that was a crazy experience. And um, I highly suggest anyone who's going there to, uh, get in one of the tour buses, or if you have the money to rent a car, it's very expensive because uh, everything has to be imported. So unless you can drive stick shift, it's really expensive to rent a um, just a, a manual. Not a manual. What? Why can't I think of the word? Automatic. Automatic. Yeah. It's really expensive to rent an automatic uh, vehicle. So. Get on one of the tour buses and make sure you get to Drecky and Oskia and the Highlands. They'll take you. They'll take you there. They'll provide tents as well. There used to be people who just, you know, these tour buses would vomit out these people. tourists with, <laughs> with the same green tents, and the tour guides would set them up for them and everything. That sounds like a cool job. <laughs> <laughs> Setting up the same tent over and over and driving around rich people. I don't know. <laughs> but you do get to see some cool country. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like we were kind of saying, like, I never in a million years would think that I would even want to go to Iceland, but right. I'm so happy that I went, and we talk all the time about how we would love to go back. Yeah. I mean, there's so much we didn't do, too. Yeah. Like, the, well, and I'm the West Fjord, for a days. Yeah. The West Fjords is supposed to be beautiful, the east side. We didn't, we didn't do one of the tours where they take you on a glacier. Like, you know, you need special... Uh, equipment for that. I got to touch the glacier. I need to talk you did. about that. Yeah, we both yeah. did. So we did our tour of the south coast, and one of our stops was to go to a glacier, which um, was kind of sad because our tour guide was like, yeah, it was a couple years ago, it came all the way to this point, it's melted so much, and now it's yeah. like all the way up here. And he's like, now you have to be quicker about it because we're not going to visit. <laughs> um, than a few years ago. Yeah, but that was like really neat. I don't know if we were allowed to get that close to it. So no, we were. It we was were, super yeah. cool to be able to do that. I don't think I've ever, I've never seen a glacier yeah. at that point, so it was really neat. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really and neat. And then, like, waterfall, uh, like. Yeah, Rainish to the Black Sand Beach mm -hmm. uh, on the south coast. Yeah, the basalt columns. Yeah. It was really neat. Yeah, yeah just so cool. Really, really. The columnar cool. basalt. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. That's my. That's one of my favorite rock formations. The columnar basalt. Yeah, he was like, oh, I love this. This is so great. Yeah. The whole time, I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at the puffins. <laughs> well, the puffins were cute, but. Yeah, especially when I ate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So the oh, I mean, all in all, if you if you are going to go to Iceland, you know, it, it is expensive to rent a car. If you can do it, do it. But they do have a so, bus system. Yeah, and it's amazing. And so this bus system will take you. They have one highway that goes all all the <laughs> way around the the coast and. If you get this bus pass, I don't. I think it lasts for like 10 days or two weeks maybe, where you can hop on and hop off at any bus stop along there, and that way you can see pretty much the entire the entire country except for the islands, which would you probably need a separate yeah uh, tour for, and that would be a little bit longer, but it would be worth it for sure. I mean, it's it's just unlike any any place that I've seen in the U.S. so far. The, the highlands are just barren, but there's it's a little eerie. It's a little bit like you can tell it looks like Mars. I mean, you look at the pictures of Mars and you look at the pictures of Iceland in that area, and it's it's eerily similar. And the volcanoes are beautiful. There's so much going on in terms of geology. So even if you're not a geologist, look up the geology of Iceland at least a little bit before you go so you can appreciate that part of it. Um, but definitely look into the tours, the Golden Circle, the Southern Coast. Um, I've heard good things about the Blue Lagoon. I was just told. It's a tourist trap, so we didn't do it. But now well, I kind of regret it. I, I would go, I think. I was told not to make it a priority on my trips because I had a limited amount of time like during, doing touristy things. Yeah. And that's only because of the really cool experience I had with that. River, the hot river. Yeah. Basically. Oh. I got to go in BD too. Yes. Yeah. So this is hilarious. So Mike, um, the second time he went, of course, like a decadent shower, and but they went into a hot spring. I showered once after the first part of the field. Because field work. a part of well, one, I told him he had to because he could not get on a plane. Well, I was staying. I stayed in a hospital for a night in between the initial field work and my field work. So I did yes. shower after two weeks. And then I went into VD, which is the little uh, hot crater, I guess you yeah. could say. Yeah, and this is all the choice to not shower. I don't want to I would pick one. <laughs> but so when he gets home, so he went into the hot springs, right? And at any time you take a shower or you run hot water, it smells like sulfur, like the rotten eggs, because that's what yeah. you use to heat the water. Um, so Mike, you know, he went, into the hot spring and smelled like sulfur. And then when he gets home, he's just downstairs trying to do laundry. And I <laughs> hear him gag when he opens up his bag because it's just so like sulfur. That was a little bit because of the sulfur. I did do laundry when we got back to Oxford. And it smelled like sulfur still. Oh, yeah, I think it made it worse. I, <laughs> I think I washed my bathing suit with everything. So it just kind of. <laughs> all my clean laundry smells like sulfur. But. I didn't do all of my laundry though, and so that I think is why I gagged a little bit because you didn't it, gag a little bit, you gagged a lot. It was I was only a little. No, I can hear you all the way upstairs. I was laughing. So yeah. I'm like, I'll do your laundry. You're like, no. Yeah. I'll take care of it. I wasn't gonna make you do that. So, but yeah, it's an amazing experience. There's so much more that I want to do and see there, and uh, there's. I mean, one thing that would be great to do is the whale watching tours. Those are especially out of Acre area. You can do that here in Oregon, but we missed it. You can. I think it's a little bit different. Yeah. The only re my only reservation about doing it in Acre is it's cold and yeah. it really rains up there. I mean, you 
you have potentially to be very, very miserable for half the day. But then again, it's only half the day. Yeah, well, I don't know. So. Could be. Yeah. That would, that would be pretty tough. But I mean, it's, it's really it's the only wildlife to have, but I think. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> oh, But yeah, it's like all about being prepared. Like, bring your rain gear, bring layers. Because, yep. like, when it's Boots. sunny, it's beautiful, and the sky is so blue, and, every, like, Mike was saying, the moss and the um, grass, it's like a yellow-green color. It's very different. It's, it's striking. Um, but, yeah, when it rains, you just have to accept it and don't let it yeah. bother you or ruin your day, just like here in the PNW. And we were told when we first moved out here that if it rains, it's just bring a jacket and still go and do what you want to do because it yeah. might stop or, right. you know. It's not like a blizzard or yeah. a torrential downpour, so. Yeah. Makes Much it a, a lot better. More and tolerable. Yeah. So I hope that helps with uh, anyone's questions on Iceland. If not, hit it up. Like, ask us Yeah, yeah. Ask us specific questions if you want to. Um, like I said, I didn't get to spend a lot of time doing touristy stuff. And if you, in all honesty, if you have the money to rent a car, do it because then you have a little bit more freedom. Get the four wheel drive because otherwise you could be screwed in some spots. And don't try doing things stupid like off roading because you don't. Well, some places you some places you you do have to off road, but you you got to be smart about it. There are certain checkpoints where you know that's the last gas that you get for so many miles. And that's the last place you can either fill up your tires or there are places where you have to let the air out so you don't, you know, if you do hit a rock, it doesn't just pop. And because you're driving, especially if you go in the highlands, you're driving through uh, lava fields that are sticking up out of the sand and you never know where, where a rock could be. So just be sure to look up, you know, when to, to take the air out of your tires and how much to take out. I think we went all the way down to like six PSI in the SUV that we have. Um, and just be sure you know where the gas, the last gas is and the places where you can fill up your tires and get back on a real road. So be smart. Uh, I personally would not rent a car. I would just do the, do the bus tours. I think that's a good way to go. So, uh, but yeah, let us know if you have any other questions. Uh, I'm a Mike on a hike on Instagram, and I'll post our I'll post the blog below, and you guys can comment. We'll get a another blog post up soon. I know I promised one last time, so get that up. Wah, wah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, sub subscribe uh, either on iTunes or SoundCloud, and we'll try and turn out some more episodes for you guys. Yeah, especially this week. We have some more local stuff to talk about, uh, some cool things that we've been doing here um, in Oregon and Washington. Um, so And just some light stuff light that we tried stuff. to do. Yeah. yeah, that we tried. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then, like, our camping. Yeah, we have, a lot, we have a lot to talk about. A lot to talk episode. about. All right, so stay tuned, and um, we'll get back with you guys soon. So... Uh, just remember, life's the track, but just keep hanging on, and uh, we can't wait to share with you guys some more of our experiences. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you next time.